Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Calvary Cast. I am Graham Parker, Associate Pastor at Calvary Bible Church, joined by the unlovely Jess Miller. Unlovely. Last wow. time I said you were lovely and it threw you off. <laughs> oh, so I thought I would correct right, it with what I actually think yeah, about you, that you are not unlovely. Uh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. How are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you today? Oh, I'm a peachy, peachy keen. You do look peachy. I like your hat. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know, as it was just pointed out by our guest that we're going to introduce, I'm wearing a, a hat. I wear a hat every day, six days of the week, except for on Sunday. So yeah. if this was video, you'd all be thrown off. Yes. By my hat. For the people that only see you on Sunday. For the people or that only usually see, on see you on Sunday. Because you're not wearing a hat Sunday. No. Maybe I should, though. I have seen, like, worship leaders that wear hats on Sundays. Mm. It's their thing. Like, they're, like, I've only ever seen them wear a hat. Yeah. But it's usually, like, a fedora. But not the actual fedora, because fedoras yeah. are horrible. The, it's probably because No offense to anybody that's wearing a fedora. But they're balding, and so they want to... Because some true. country music singers that you always see with a hat on, that's it's because they're balding, that's and they true. don't want to I'm not balding. That. I'm graying. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm graying. You're graying. You're, yes. But you're further along in the tooth, I like the gray. Natalie doesn't. <clears throat> she would prefer if really? I got, like, just for men or something. Really? Yeah, but I like it because it makes me look more distinguished. I think, I think so. well, yeah. I, that's what I said. I'm going to look like George Clooney in like two years. Yeah, people and respect My wife you likes more. that. Yeah. She thinks that's great. Oh, that's good. That sounded really bad. Right. <laughs> you look like George Clooney. No, and then my wife said she I want she you to look it. more like George Clooney. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. So anyway. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter. Anyway, on to what we're actually here to talk about. Last week we recorded, or two weeks ago, recorded a podcast on suffering. And today we are going to record an interview with Alice Bergstrom, who's a member of our church, and just talk about what the Lord has taught her as she has walked through years of suffering with cancer. And uh, so, Alice, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Say hello to all the people in the internet. Hello, all the people on the internet. There, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, Alice, would you just take a few minutes and share with us a little bit of your story, as it were, who you are, where you came from, your family, how you came to know the Lord, just anything. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very broad task, but we think I don't do know who I am yet. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I was raised in upstate New York. Uh, my father was Irish Catholic. My mother was undecided. I have four brothers, uh, a much younger sister. Um, moved to Colorado when I was 19 with my first husband and uh, had a pretty rough marriage. Uh, but out of that, got two wonderful kids, and uh, I am married to Kevin now, and have four grandkids, and I live here. <laughs> Very good. What were the What were the circumstances that brought you to the Lord? Because you grew up non-Christian home, you said. I grew up Catholic, okay. but I would say non-Christian mm-hmm. because uh, it wasn't spoken to me about having a relationship sure. with Jesus. Sure. So... Um, I think the entire time that I was going to the Catholic Church, um, 
I felt like something wasn't right. And I always felt like there was something more that wasn't being shared with me or that I wasn't realizing. And um, out of my family, I was the only one that continued going to church Mm. and didn't leave the Catholic Church until um, my divorce. Mm. And um, that's really when I really started um, questioning who God was and where he was and where, you know, I could Mm. learn more. Um, than I had learned up to that point. Hmm. So at that point, somebody shared the gospel with you, started reading the scripture. I started going to different churches. Hmm. It's, it's, this is really strange, but it was a physical thing that happened. I had, my kids were very little. My daughter was only about a month old when, oh, wow. when uh, we got divorced or w- went through the divorce. And I can remember um, carrying her and <laughs> dragging my two-year-old up the steps of the church and it had these big heavy wooden doors and I went to get to the door and there was an older couple ahead of me they walked in the door and this big wooden door slammed in my <laughs> face and I thought that's God's sign I'm not there's someplace else I'm so supposed is, to be you're headed to the Catholic church yes today. <laughs> yes up up uh, quite a flight of steps okay. and yeah and it was just a very and and I think God has done physical things to communicate with me because I have images of different things that have happened but that was the turning point that's when I said this isn't where I I need to be so so from there then you ended up in other churches yes where they're preaching the gospel yes came to understand what the gospel yes Jesus Christ died for our sins and uh, the Lord saved you yeah that's amazing that's cool it's unique how how the Lord works in everybody's lives differently and uh, and maybe even uses the slamming of a door at <laughs> a Catholic church to make you think like maybe this is this is not where I should be. Um, could you give us a little bit of a history of of your cancer and when you were first diagnosed with that and some things like that? Yeah, prime time in my life. I was yeah. just uh, sending our daughter, our last one, off to college here in Grand Junction, and. Uh, um, just had finally um, gotten my real estate license, was doing my living my second life, and um, I was diagnosed uh, two days after I got my real estate license. That was in 2002. And uh, I managed to work through the first eight years, and I think I was still fighting uh, with the reality of that. Um, I was told that people that have my form of cancer usually only live about five years, and I was 47 at that time. So um, uh, there's a lot of things, I think, that go through your mind. Um, But I was, (laughs) God had a way of waking me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, (laughs) just about every morning. And um, I would have a panic attack, wake Kevin up, and get him to take me for a walk at 3 o'clock in the morning when it was about 20 degrees outside. So he really enjoyed that. (laughs) But um, one night I realized that uh, um, I didn't know how long I had. Doctors didn't know how long I had, and really no one does. (laughs) Um, It can be today, tomorrow, or who knows, like, it is now 17 years later. Um, uh, I called a prayer line. Um, and it was funny because the lady on the other end was quite, she was compassionate, but I I was kind of upset with her because she said to me, you're not going to die from this. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, how strange is this? She's yeah. sitting halfway across the country, knows nothing about me, and she said that. And so uh, that that really kind of haunted me for a couple of years that that uh, somebody would say that, and I didn't know if that was directed by God or what, but it just seemed unusual to me to hmm. that that was very clear, and it was very clear the way she spoke it. So. Hmm. Um, maybe Jess, you can jump in here and share what you were sharing earlier about what the, what Paul told told us in Second Corinthians. Yeah. Well, before yeah, and we could talk about that in a minute. But a couple of questions, like I'm thinking through. You're 47. You get this news, and are you um, 47, Jess? <laughs> no, I'm 44. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, obviously things like that run through your head when when you hear this. But like, um, what is the what are the conversations you're having with God when you get news like that and even as it's going on for a number of years you know what does what does that three in the morning look like or whenever it is in in how how is that for you like what what did you walk through with that well usually when you wake up at that time of night you're wondering what woke you up and then of course I think you have usually it's our dog that wakes us up but you you um you go through a process of checking okay is there something wrong with my body you know if there's an ache or a pain you always think oh great it's back or so there's all those simple human things that you Mm -hmm. go through but in the course of 17 years I've learned to not even (laughs) to cut to the chase I I realize that I'm awake God has something he may want to say to me Mm -hmm. I usually get up and go pray go read but um, it's taken me years to get to that point to not let fear um, overtake me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's funny. Now I almost enjoy it because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, God might have something here that he's speaking. Sure. So yeah. I just pray for clarity and, and yeah, yeah. And in it's those, a different. In those early times, was there ever a time where you doubted God's goodness towards you. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Cause I think like when people go through suffering, we, there's all the verses that we turn to in the scripture yep. that just, we say these verses and that we know them to be true. But I think what I'm he- hearing from uh, different people that walk through different kinds of suffering is in those moments, it's very hard to feel those verses to feel those mm-hmm. promises Does that makes sense because the feelings of your fear or your anger or your frustration because of the suffering are overwhelming you. yes yeah so does that resonate with you or were there times and and how did god work with you in that uh boy well yeah the the world pushes god out i mean mm-hmm. uh, of any and certainly when you're going through something like that i think it's really evident that um, Satan will use how, whatever he can to get you to forget those verses. Yeah, um, yeah. This book talks about um, God uh, makes 3,000 promises to us in the Bible mm. about um, what he can do for us and is is doing for us. Yeah. And I certainly think at that time, that's the last thing you think about. You you question your life, you question what you what you've done to cause it. Mm. <laughs> um what you could have done differently, what you ate, what you didn't eat, you know, mm-hmm. you go through all sorts of wrestling, I think, before you get to the point it's probably good that it's been 17 years because mm. it's taken me um, 
probably 14 or 15 of those years to just immediately trust God and, wow, and to yeah. forget the aches and the pains and the statistics and the tests and just, mm. um, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess my Irish is in there someplace, but mm-hmm. it does, it take, it took me that long to really feel that I could just go to right to God. Yeah. And, yeah. And do you, so you feel like in those 14 or 15 years that God is, he's the one that was doing that for you in the sense of leading you to this place where you can just trust. You're not who you were no. when this started, right? No, As not a at Christian. All. No. And in your walk with God and faith in him. And so as I, what I hear you saying is that God used this whole thing for these years to build your faith. I mean, in yeah. him, and your trust Well, him. and you know, you, you hear people say, oh, I'm so grateful that I got cancer. Or, and it sounds cliche, mm-hmm. but if it brings you to God, mm-hmm. for me, I, I look at it and say, there's nothing I'd rather have had happen. Wow. Yeah. Because when it's all said and done, that's, that's it. That's what we hope for. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I, God knows better than I do, but maybe it maybe it took seventeen years to get me here. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what kind of like what would you say to people who are um, going to listen to this and just in the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. they're going to listen to this, and they're in the midst of really dark suffering right now. They may be even be at the point where you were in those first handful of years, and it's the three in the morning panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And um, what's your counsel to them? What would you say to them right now? Boy, get on your knees. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think you can, oh boy, we we do so many things, I think, f- I should speak t- up to me. You do s- so many things to try and find a solution um, because in this world we're taught, you know, we're taught that. And the solution is God. Mm-hmm. Um, if, as all I can say is get on your knees and pray, look mm-hmm. for people to pray with you, um, uh, read the Bible, do whatever, whatever m- makes that fear go away and be replaced by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Turn to God. Yeah. Cry out. Well, that was him. simple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just cry out to him. And, uh, you know, I was listening to somebody the other day talking about the idea of going through suffering and this person went through a different kind of mm-hmm. suffering, um, for years. And he talked, he spoke to the fact that the psalmist were very helpful to him throughout that whole time because many times in the Psalms you come across these questioning God's, you know, like, where are you right now, God? How long, oh Lord, before you do this? And how long before you deliver? Have you forgotten me? Those kinds of things. And um, that that's a person who isn't feeling, right, strong faith in the moment. They're not feeling joy and peace in the moment they're feeling very human emotions in the midst of suffering and darkness but yet what are they doing just what you're saying they are crying out to god Mm -hmm. with their true feelings expressing what's happening to them so um i think that's important yeah so one of the things that we wanted to do with this and this is what i was connecting with what what paul wrote um because again this podcast is for people in our church and we want uh, people to 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 hear how you have uh, what the Lord has taught you mm-hmm. in this, and so Paul says, uh, "Where is it in Second Corinthians ten? Is that where?" Uh, 
you talking about yeah. comforts us? Yeah, yeah. That was what I yeah I read there in Second Corinthians one. Yeah, sorry. So he says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction." with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. All right, so thinking about that passage, and we'd asked you just to share some things the Lord has taught you, and we've already covered some of them, Mm -hmm. um, but just share some of those things the Lord has taught you as you walk through now 17 years of cancer and probably uh, innumerable chemo treatments and surgeries and procedures (laughs) and all of this different stuff. What are some of those things uh, the Lord has taught you? Um, you know, the, the one verse in the Bible that really has stuck out to me is Psalms 4610, be still and know that I am God. That's such a simple verse, but it means so much because I think your thoughts race, your activities race, you being a single parent, I had to do everything. And I did that for 11 years. And, and I didn't know God, I didn't know how much God was taking care of me. And um, so I think when I got cancer, my head was still in, you got to do this, you know, you, you've got to take care of this. Um, uh, it, it took a lot of training for me to just sit still. And so that verse really hits me. Um, and I, you know, I was thinking, you had asked me the question, how have I grown in God? And I thought, Um, I haven't grown. I have become smaller and God has become bigger. And so, you know, that's, I don't know if that makes any sense, but Mm -hmm. that's. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, when, when we come to face to face with our own frailty and as we think about our own sinfulness and all these, these things as, as they're revealed, God is seen as so much greater. And that's what people say, you know, the longer I'm a Christian, I, I'm more of a sinner. I'm more of a wretch. Oh, I have that written on yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I didn't mean to, to steal that, but but that's uh, that's the reality of it. As we grow to know him more, we see how much we are not like him. Mm-hmm. And he is so gracious to reveal that to us. And even the, th- the sense of being still in that idea of trusting God, because as I'm sitting here thinking about it even more, I like to control yep. the circumstances of my life. And... The, the, the thought of losing control in different areas creates a fear and anxiety in my heart. And uh, it seems like God has brought you to through that into a place of I just I, I had no choice but to be still yes. before God. Yeah. I couldn't control this cancer. I couldn't control anything. I mean, it's just this is all in God's hands. And there, there well, has to be. Ultimately, we can't control anything, but we believe and we've been raised in this world to believe that we can control our education, we can control our job, we can control our families, everything. And and truly, um, we can't control anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And situations like this remind us we can't, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and bring us to the end of ourselves where we go, I'm I'm completely out of control. So, yeah. first thing Lord's taught you, just reminded from Psalms 46 that that you need to just simply be still, trust Him, and and then that and then what other things have the has the Lord taught you through this this trial? Well, <laughs> you know, I used to think I was a really good person. I, I tried to do everything right. Um, and I think um, the hard thing for me was realizing that the closer I 
grew toward God, the worse I felt about myself. Mm. And then I realized that's okay because right, I right. think we're lied to in this world. We're we're taught to you know build yourself up, make your le- resume look good, do all those things to so that when you step out into the world, they only see the shiny side of you. Mm. And the reality for me was that no matter how good I tried to be and how I tried to do everything right that I was supposed to do, um, I'm broken. I'm not, I'm not a good person. I'm not the things that I want. Um, I'm not patient. There's so many things that I'm not. And I don't say that to beat myself up. I say that to, to say how much I need God to be a part of who I am instead of you're both, sitting, you're both sitting there nodding yeah. and looking yeah. at yeah. me. Yeah, you're, you're, since this is not visual, we're sitting over here agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we were just reminded what John Newton said not too long ago. Uh, well, he said it a long time ago, like 1700s <laughs> or early 1800s. But he, he said, and he was very old at the time, 80-something years old, and he said, I, st- I forget most things, but I remember two things. Clearly, I'm a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. Yeah, yeah. And so as people age, and we think that we're supposed to feel better about ourselves. Yeah. Hey, we're getting better, and we're, you know. <laughs> and actually, I think true Christian maturity is you see how much more you needed the yeah. Savior and than you even thought you did. You know, we, we come to in contact with the gospel, you know, in our lives, and we're like, yeah, we're sinners, you know, we get it. and But... I think over time, God really shows us even more and more. Wow. We, we really need Jesus. And I think every year, even for me, the gospel becomes better news. The righteousness of Christ becomes sweeter to me. The forgiveness from the cross becomes more precious. Why? Because I'm seeing more of my inherent sinful uh, fallenness mm-hmm. in how I could never save myself. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So... Um, I'm not sure what else you had had, but one thing came to mind was uh, the other day you had mentioned one of the things the Lord taught you, and this is patience. Mm-hmm. How was the Lord taught? And not to put you completely well, on the spot, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's taught me patience. I yeah. don't know that I am patient. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, y- there's been so many times through the course of this that I've gone to a doctor and they've said, "Oh, it's back, or it's here, or there," or, and we've got to do this right away. Mm-hmm. And and um, it's taught me to realize that doctors are human and <laughs> they're doing their very best yeah. job because they they want to keep you around. But um, sometimes it's not always right or they don't have the picture right. Yeah. And I can tell you there was one doctor, that um, a, a surgeon, that took Kevin out, out in the hall and told him that if he didn't do that surgery that I would die. Hmm. And... and uh, um, and that he was the only one that could do that surgery. Mm. That made Kevin nervous, and we went to a doctor in Denver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, we've we've run into that so many times that something looks a certain way, mm. and then after another test is run, there's some there's either some other issue that's more important than the one mm. that they thought. Mm. To this day, and it's been 12 years, I've never had that surgery that that doctor <laughs> said I had to have. And it's not it's not to slam him. His best knowledge said that that had to happen. 
but that happens a lot. Our humanness um, speaks to what we see and what they've been educated to do. So I guess if I could say anything, it's to to take the information you're given in any circumstance and and pray about it, you know, mm. pray about the next step or where to go or because doctors truly are doc they're human. They're mm-hmm. doctors and, and they've been given a gift to to treat people, but sometimes the picture isn't always the same. Um, yeah. and we've run into it over seventeen years we've run into it several times. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Patience and and seeing just in, in getting second opinions and, and trusting the Lord, like, yeah, no matter what they say, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. still going to commit to the Lord, seek wisdom. Sometimes that might be a, another opinion or something like that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, it is true because I, I think, um, just like anything in our lives, we get swept up with what we're into at the time, whether it's losing a job and having to find another job. You know, you get in that mode where you think you have to do it all. And and with the doctors, um, the same thing. They, they know what they see. They know what has to be done. But I think we always have to take a step back and, and check with God on any of that because there's other he has another viewpoint (laughs) yeah james says if we ask for wisdom he'll give it Mm -hmm. wisdom is the ability to to rightly respond to all the different situations in life whether that's you know uh, responding rightly so we don't sin and then i think even in practical things like this the interest lord gives us gives Mm -hmm. gives us the wisdom that we need yeah Yeah, and the peace Uh, um there's so many times that you know you have to go through something and if you have the peace that you would get from God right. by bringing him into that picture. Um, that piece is a wonderful thing when you have to go through something mm. that you're not sure of. Yeah, so that's, you know, like we, we, we're we familiar with like terms in, in the scripture that say like he gives us a peace that passes understanding. Mm-hmm. And and I suppose you can probably speak to that. Like you can think about, situa- you know, 17 years of cancer and all these different things. And you can have a piece in that yeah. that you yeah. can go like, I, this doesn't make any sense. By all accounts, I should be freaking out, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yet God in his grace provides that uh, and, and as we just rest in him. I'm, so, yeah. 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 So I used to hate needles and <laughs> I would actually pass out and get sick if I had to get a shot. I mean, that's how bad it was. And that's now, almost worse than me. And I, I hate needles. <laughs> I know. I don't hate them anymore. They don't even phase me. But, you know, it happens so often that you, you better learn how to deal with it. So, and I'm claustrophobic. And of course, all the <laughs> oh, tests that yeah. they run, yeah. they're running you through a little tube and, and with a bunch of needles poked in you. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's things like that. Which, which, like again, that's those are like little evidences of God's grace. Oh, I think, yeah, you know that 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 He gives He gives what you need, uh, and and provides the peace and the grace to deal with all of those of those different circumstances. Yeah. So, uh, I will will bring this to a conclusion in a minute here, uh, and by doing that, I would like you to share um, where you're at right now with the cancer, mm-hmm. and how anybody that's listening can be praying for you specifically. Okay. So I'm thrilled because I talked my doctors into not doing anything until January. <laughs> so, okay. um, so I got Chris, I've got Christmas off anyway. Um, 
uh, right now, um, I, I have a lymph node that is near my heart, um, and another one that's less defined near, near a lung. And they, uh, they want to do a biopsy and there's only two ways to do it. One is, uh, bronchoscopy, which is the simpler, less invasive one, but they would have to go to the less defined one near my lung, and they're not sure they can get a sample of a cell to figure out if this cancer has changed, because the chemo last summer did not work. Um, The one near my heart would require (laughs) a cardiac surgeon to go through the side of my um, rib cage, deflate a lung, all sorts of fun things. So we're praying right now. Well, we're praying that they just go away, (laughs) but, um, we're praying that if we do the, uh, bronchoscopy, uh, in January sometime that they'll get a good enough sample that they can get a read on what's going on with it. So, okay. And then I'm going to ask you one more thing. Cause like if, and if, if this doesn't work, we don't have to keep it on here. Okay. But, um, if there's anybody that's listening, ends up listening to this, especially in the, they're in the area or part of our church, that uh, a woman that would like to meet with you mm-hmm. or something, maybe they're walking through something. Are you willing to do that? For Absolutely. Them? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that would be, uh, there may be somebody out there like that, that, that in our church that listens to this and is suffering through something. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, uh, and I'm sure they would love somebody to talk to about that. That's walked the road of suffering right. for years and can help them so very good well thank you alice for coming in and in podcasting with us today you're welcome we uh it's been a blessing for me to hear again uh what the lord has done in your life through this and i know that it's gonna be a blessing to to everyone else that listens to it so thanks again for joining us for everyone else uh you can always contact us calvarycast at gmail.com or as we like to say you can come up and talk to us (laughs) (laughs) in the lobby or throughout the week if you come you come to the church during the week i'm wearing a hat you can see see me wearing collection see my hat collection i do enjoy hats so until next time (laughs) 